Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Jamie from 20 Minute Tennis here, uh, just checking in, seeing how you're dealing with social distancing, how you're dealing with isolation, but more importantly, how you're dealing with the lack of football. Uh, it's driving us here up the wall, the lack of Celtic, the lack of live games to talk about. It's certainly not something we're used to doing this podcast, um, but we've got lots of great content over on the Patreon patreon.com slash 20 minute tims if you fancy checking that out that's rolling on with various bits and bobs as far as the flagship podcast goes as promised we're sort of releasing sporadic content like this uh, but we're just waiting for the select to come back or a decision's made on the league as soon as that happens we will be back with you um, to go over everything as usual kind of hoped a decision would be made by now as we record this on the 11th of may nothing uh, there is a meeting tomorrow, 12th of May, an e- EGM called by Rangers um, because they are basically foaming at the mouth and about to burst into flames over absolutely everything. What do they want? Nobody knows. It, best guess is they just don't want Celtic to win the title, but they can't come out and say that. So instead, what we've got is Scottish football civil war yet again. Oh, and, and talk of league reconstruction led by Ann Budge, which failed before it even got off the ground. Who saw that coming? So yeah, so for you today, we have a sample of the Patreon content that we produce, and it's a bit of a special one. It's not often that you get an ex-Celtic manager on the podcast, and this is what we have for you today. We have TMT meets Ronnie Dyla. Ronnie was sensational. He was absolutely terrific. He gave us so much of his time. We had a really good chat with him. He was very open and honest about everything at Celtic, and you can tell that he really took the club to his heart and really, really loves the club. So listen to this. It was really good. Um, Doing things like this, is only possible um, thanks to the terrific support that, uh, that our patrons give us. Um, but yeah, once the football's back, the flagship podcast will be back, the Celtic are back, we can all celebrate, we can all party. But until then, talk to you soon. I suppose it's fair to say that your sort of coaching philosophy <coughs> is built around man management and helping the individual grow um, and develop, not just on their sort of playing side, but as well as the, the sort of football side is... Um, the personal side, rather, is that is that fair to say? Uh, I think that uh, if you're gonna have an environment that people uh, develop and grow, then you need to to make uh, the players safe, and you have to they have to feel trusted, and at the same time have fun. And uh, if you're gonna get those three things, it's important that um, that you're good one to one, and of course that you're very clear in. Everything, so they know exactly what to do on and off the pitch. When you when you took over it, God said you were you're very young. Um, and was it 
did you hold these principles when you first took over? And if you did, was it difficult to stick by them? Because your first two years at God's sake were, were quite tricky. Yeah, um, of course, uh, you learn uh, by experience. That's also one of the things that's important uh, with uh, with players, especially mm. when you have young players, that you, you can tell them uh, how it is to to play in different places or what they're going to do on the pitch, but they have to experience it. And then the most important thing there is to be there when when they have played or when they have made the experience and, and get them to reflect on what they, they have done. So that's the same for me when I was a coach. When I started up, I was when I was playing, I was also coaching a lot of youth teams and things like that. And I was always very interested in, um, in um, coaching, but... At the same time, it was a big uh, change then when you go from being a player, playing assistant, and then straight into be the manager of uh, a top division team in Norway. So I had to learn quick there as well, a little bit uh, similar to what, what happened in Celtic. Was that, how, how did your approach to management change from the first day at Godset to the first day at Glasgow Celtic? I think it's a lot of, lot of the same things because... You really don't know what it is before you do it. And mm. um, when I uh, when I took over Stremsutsa, I had of course very clear plans of what I'm going to do on the pitch. But I I saw very quick that uh, it's not uh, this is not only football; it's about also managing uh, 50 other people. Yeah. And then I started um, to uh, work a lot of uh, and and uh, educate myself a lot in leadership. Um, so for me, it's. I think in, in Celtic is almost 60-70% more uh, it's about uh, uh, being, a, being a leader uh, right. and 30-40% about football because you don't coach the team so much you you are a lot of uh, playing a lot of games so it's more managing uh, the players mm. but in Norway you co- you train the players more because you okay. don't play so many matches so then, then you have more time to to affect them uh, or to to learn them something on the on the pitch. So so it's two different jobs, I think. But uh, at the same time, it was it was uh, for me um, um, important experience when you st- I started coaching to see how important the leadership was. So I, I started to have a uh, like a coach around mm-hmm. me. To, to educate me at the same time that I was coaching. I see. Um, and that was, of course, a very different way of coaching uh, than I was used to when I was playing because when I was playing, there was a lot of manager who was playing unfair. Right. You know, uh, if you don't play good today, you don't play in the next game or, you know, no, you have to get you, just, uh, get, you, get you right. You have to play good. You, you don't have to do that. Be, care, be careful for that and, and more I'm frightened you to, 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 to do good and uh, for me when I was starting I understand quick that uh, especially the kind of people how the youth are now compared to what it was for 20 years ago mm. they don't they don't can't take that amount of uh, what I can see uh, say um, hard hard language and yeah like the criticism you know yeah yeah yeah, the criticism needs to be more, especially in Norway, they have, you know, the the young people have everything. Yeah. yeah. And they have a lot of choices. Uh, so 
you know, if they don't have motivation, they just stop and try to be a doctor instead. So, so you have to to get into them in another way than you than you did before. So, for me again, it's to to get them to start reading the book about football. You know, to really love playing football, and at the same time that they feel loved and also that uh, that they are safe and, and have fun on the pitch. You, you said something quite interesting there. You said that you know in Norway, it's encouraging the kids love of football because there's so many other options academically for them to take up and it's it's a hotly contested topic in Scotland the sort of the youth development and we're always in Scotland looking to countries like Norway and Iceland and Sweden and, and countries of a similar size and wondering that what is it they're doing that, that we're not doing did you did you spot any differences in the sort of maybe the mentality of the young players in Scotland compared to to Norway uh, I, I, I think uh, the young players in Scotland is more uh, they are more hard minded you know mm. they, they they're more tougher than the than the young players in in Norway the, so but at the same time i think the the coaching is very very different and the leadership is very very different in Norway and in Scandinavia because it's uh the to be a coach or a manager in in Scotland, you are you are the king. You yeah. decide everything. You are like you know, almost just to come into position. They they fear you before you before you you start because you have so much power. Mm. But in Norway, they don't care about positions. Yeah. So if I treat the players bad, they kick me out at once. They get me sacked. Right. I see. So they have a much more power, uh, whatever you are in Norway. So if I sit beside the king of Norway, I, I would talk with him as a normal person. Mm. And that's very different what I saw in uh, in Celtic. So the way I was uh, managing or the way I'm thinking about leadership is was totally different from what they were used to. And that was a big change for me and, of course, for the player, I think. It's it's sort of it's been spoken about a couple of times about your move to Celtic and and how it transpired and it was it was all pretty frantic. It moved quite quickly for you. Um, when you when you when you took the Celtic job, were the, the player development was that one of the key principles of you taking the job, or was that perhaps more why Celtic approached you because you had a great great record of doing this in Norway? Yes, that was uh, the the last thing that. Uh, you know they can find I'm sure a better manager than me to you know to think about the result going to do a group uh, winning next game, but I think they needed a different way of uh, looking at uh, uh, developing players because they didn't have that kind of money that uh, they maybe had before, and they needed to start uh, another way of thinking and that's why I think I get the job i think I think you know certainly looking back on your time at Celtic. It was definitely something that perhaps was underappreciated at the time. When you look at the players that came through and that you helped develop, who are you know the McGregor, Henderson, KT, and then even the likes of Armstrong, Forrest, and even Virgil Van Dyke near Baton, Rogic, all these were very young players that you you had at Celtic, and you played a key role in their development. Would you agree with that? I think that. Uh Nilan, the team he had was really, really good. But uh, the time I took over, I think there were maybe a lot of the players were on their way down in their careers. Yeah. 
and we ha- had to build up a new team again. And also when I come in in a totally different way of thinking, then I think uh, the start was very, very hard. Mm. So, but we wanted to bring up young players. We want to give them a chance. And also we want to play in a, of course, attacking way. Yeah. And, uh, and that takes time to, to get that going. Um, if you, um, instead of going in to just defend them and try to, to get the results. So, so it was a big transition, I think, for, for me and for, for everybody. But I remember Peter Lovell always said to me that run is about evolution, not revolution. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I can agree on that. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what was your what was your remit at Celtic when you and Peter had the conversation? He, they obviously pointed out like four or five things that they wanted you to do at Celtic. What was your your remit when you joined the club? I was uh, to build up youngsters, you know, and uh, play attacking football and win. Of course, yeah. you have to win with uh, with Celtic. So. But uh, the style of play uh, was, I think, uh, suited me. The way I'm thinking of football, I think, suit, oh, yeah. uh, suited Celtic. Uh, with pressing, high pressure, and transi- uh, transition when you lose the ball, win it straight back again, and intensity. And I think the first year we played really, really good football in the last the period of the from, from the Christmas and and to the end we were really, really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, and also getting start to educate the players in different ways. So I was, of course, into uh, to be a 24-hour athlete. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. The important thing, um, and also to train every day with uh, with quality um, uh, to use every day to get better. Uh, that was the important thing. Um, and that's hard, of course, because I didn't know how to 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 coach and manage a team that played 60 important games every year. So it's that was a thing that I saw in the end that uh, by short time that you had to train a different way than you and I did in Norway because they needed to rest more mentally and physically into into games, of course. It was it was when you touched on the twenty four hour athlete thing there. That's that's one thing that I've I've written about in the past. And sometimes we feel that S- Scottish footballers, their mentality isn't always the same as perhaps our foreign counterparts, and they don't maybe take their, their training and lifestyle and, and particularly diet as seriously as they perhaps could. Do you think that might be something that holds Scottish footballers back sometimes, or do you think you know whatever? helps a team win is, is all that matters I, I believe in process mm. I don't care about you know it's a, for me it's I'm, I, you, you know you have to win but at the same time you don't win if you don't have good processes so if yeah. you don't develop anything you don't get better so that was a mentality thing as well when I come in and talking about getting better in different areas then Sometimes I get met uh, with uh, things like I don't care about how we play or how do we, if we just win. Everything yeah. is about winning. And I said, okay, but Celtic is winning anyway. Almost exactly. Because of, they have the best players. But it's not about that we're going to win uh, against uh, against uh, Aberdeen or Hearts or whatever. It's you, you, you have to compete with... Uh, with Malmö and uh, yeah. uh, the, these best teams in the other countries and hopefully if we go into Champions League and you want to play against Real Madrid, then you need to be 100% in everything you do. So 
So and then the players need to, and the, of course the coaches as well. We need to to uh, to know exactly what to do to prepare every day. As it's going to be a cup final in training and, and matches, because if you're 100% prepared every day, then you get improvement. And I think when you see the best players, like you know, you can you can take Quarantini, he's an unbelievable professional. Mm. Every day he go in training, he's like a cup final. He nobody wanted to play against him on the wing because <laughs> he was kicking kicking him down all the time. Unbelievable good Scott Brown. You can tell that he's a funny guy, and he, he tries to you know sometimes talk like he's not so professional for me it was really really professional because he come every day and give 100% and um, I think this this kind of players is so important for the group yeah. and, um, and, uh, and that's about the mentality and always want to get improve always want to get better don't get satisfied when you win it's not about only winning it's also about getting better all the time because because if not you get caught back the the other catch you again and, and get better on you. So, so those those things uh, for me was was of course an important job to to do when I come in. And having read a lot of interviews with John Collins and, and having spoken to yourself and listening to what you're saying, you you yourself and John Collins seem to be be on the same path and think think of the game the same way. How did your partnership with John Collins come about, and were you aware of John as a player? I was aware of about him as a player, but it was uh, Peter who brought us together. Okay, I see. So it was them saying that you know I think you have a Scottish uh, uh, assistant who knows the club and who knows the uh, league and, and you know the mentality, and John was fantastic for me, uh, and also. John Kennedy, those yeah. two together was uh, and would uh, would see as well was was really very important for me. Um, so and and I think uh, what's good with uh, John Collins that he had references who was uh, born, yeah. uh, way higher than than Celtic and and, uh, and the Scottish league. He knew about what the, the best players in in the world was doing. So for me, he he had some references that I didn't have. You know what is quality? What is a good player? What is about being professional? Mm -hmm. So, so I can't, uh, I can't be. Uh, I, I'm unbelievably grateful for that I was together with him. You, you mentioned John Kennedy there. He's. Um, I don't know if you're still sort of following what happens with Celtic and the departure of Brendan Rodgers. John Kennedy is someone at the moment who's been very highly spoke of. What is he he like as a coach? What is he like around the club? Hi, he's uh, first of all is a hundred percent person, fantastic uh, mentality. Uh, we're talking about be a professional. Then you find uh, that's his uh, middle name. You know, he's every day prepared, uh, always uh, coming in and doing hundred percent. And you can count on him um, every day. And he's also very loyal um, and very. Very good with the players. Uh, he's very high rated by the players. So and he knows football and he is wanting to learn all the time. He's you know and he's taking steps uh, all the time. And now he's the assistant manager and that's something he deserved. Uh, I'm very very happy for him. Um, 
you you placed a lot of um, importance on the sort of fitness of the game and in your time at Celtic and and I, to be honest, I thought there was a lot of criticism that came your way that was un, unwarranted um, and a lot of it was focused on areas that I don't think were particularly requiring the focus they got and and one of those was on the diet um, and subsequently Charlie McGrew has has recently been interviewed saying that the diet in particular was something that the the Scottish players found it difficult to adapt to. How did you yeah. how did you feel about that at the time? Did you see that resistance at training or? I don't think so. I think uh, again we can talk about the diet. There's uh, different ways to to reach the goal, but yeah. the most important for me that you can't uh, you can't uh, have three four kilos too much with fat. That's uh, for me uh, when you're going to be a professional player, you have to look like a professional player. And, exactly. Yeah. And if you do it in the in the low carb way, or you do it uh, with uh, salad and uh, you know the Mediterranean way, I, I don't care about that. It's the most important thing that uh, you look after yourself and that you are fit, 100% fit. And when you see the players internationally, uh, when they take over their shirt, you can see that they are they're doing the right things. So, yeah. so for me, this. We we lost a lot of weight the first uh, half year. I think it was fifty, sixty kilos for the mm. whole team. Oh. And of course, that's uh, we can talk about the way we did it. Maybe you know, it, for me, it was not about this or this way. It was about that they start to get uh, focusing in what they put in their mouth. Yeah, and uh, and ninety percent of what you put in is everybody agreeing is not good. If you talk about sugar. Uh, if you talk about uh, alcohol, if you talk about uh, soda, uh, so all this, uh, so of course, also uh, fried food. It's yeah. uh, the worst thing you can eat. So that's not about uh, low carb. It's about just uh, everybody is agreeing that. So when you when you're going to play sixty games a year, you need to be unbelievable good. And what I was really, really uh, impressed by was the mentality of the players to to go out and do the job. That was uh, like if they were raining sideways or you didn't <laughs> see one one green grass on your pitch. Nobody was uh, irritated or thinking this is so shit. They, they just go out and do the job. And you know that kind of mentality we, we don't have in Norway. That's uh, something we maybe had for some years ago, but now. You know, to to go out in minus two and just have shorts and t-shirt, I, I loved it. You know, when I see Kieran is doing it and Scott Brown and all this, was, you know, that's mentality in my opinion. So it was not it was a, that was something I really really uh, admire. Mm. And uh, but at the same time, um, was many things that they were not conscious about that could be better. And I think, you know, I think uh, I don't know exactly what Brendan Rodgers was doing, but I know that he is into the same path- pathway too that I remember I was visiting him in Liverpool it was one of the key things that he had in front of the door when they, they leave it was how do you, how do you get any better today mm-hmm. and that's you know being 100% every day be prepared do the job and then of course you will develop and then you will reach your goals it seems so I think that was you know that he did a fantastic job but I think also there was a lot of similarity in in the way you thinking about the, the twenty four hours athlete. I think you're right. I th- it, it sounds like if you could combine a Scottish footballer and a Norwegian footballer, 
that the mentality and, and the work ethic, it, it seems like they're probably the, the perfect mix. Um, yes, I think so. I think so. Um, at your at your time at Celtic, you sort of um, I had a look through, and there was there's twenty two players brought to the club, um, and many of them I could you could see sort of fitted your mould. Um, you, like for example, Stefan Johansson, who it seems like a who was a quality player, a quality footballer. Um, but there was there was a number of players that didn't seem to fit the mould, um, and I, I don't want to be disparaging about them. But for example, you know, Kazim Richards seemed like a strange signing at the time. How what was the setup, the scouting setup at Celtic, and how much influence did you have over the, the decision making process at the time? I was always involved, and uh, it was my decision uh, in the end mm. if we're going to bring the player or not. Okay. Didn't get players I didn't want to have, so that's uh, that was uh, that was my responsibility in the end. I like a manager I have, but uh, yeah. but uh, at the same time uh, we had um, we did some some bad signings uh, in uh, 2015 yeah. uh, that didn't suit us, uh, especially with the mentality. So that was uh, making it very hard for for me. And uh, my team. Uh, uh, so, so that's because the the mentality we had in 2014 was really really good. 15 yeah. with the then uh, Virgil or Stefan or uh, um, Denayer, John Gudetti. Mm. These players was uh, you know professional good players, and together with the Scottish boys was was a really good team spirit in the in the team. But then we lost a lot of these boys in the next year, and then we didn't uh, replace them with uh, good enough uh, or the right kind of players, and then started to get more more problems in the, inside the group. That was uh, one of my thoughts afterwards when I'm thinking about it. I, I wrote I wrote uh, I wrote an article at the time saying that I felt you particularly weren't getting backed to the degree that I thought perhaps you should have been because. Uh, personally, and again, it's just my personal opinion, and I know it's the opinion of some fans that I'd really, I really bought into, and what you were saying, and and I enjoy listening to you talk about football, and I really admire your approach to the game. So, I felt that if if you got some backing, especially in the January window, I thought that you you, you in your set in your second January window, I thought that's perhaps something that would have helped the team push on. Did you feel that you were backed? Do you feel that there should have been more done, especially when? Brendan Rodgers comes in after you and, and spends a lot more money than, than you did previously? I, I think that uh, n- nobody lied to me. Okay. So, oh. you know, I, I knew the circumstances why I, why, that I come to the club, that we, we didn't have so much money. I know exactly what the salary was, and that was much lower than uh, what it is now. Mm. It was much, much lower. And also the budget that we bring players into was uh, totally different than it is now. But... The, I knew that was how it was when I was there. So, so for me, I can say that I could be back more. Yes, maybe, but at the same time, uh, that was you know you have to be loyal to the club. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't want to be, uh, come to a club and try to ruin their economy. No, exactly. The same no. as Stram School. So we didn't buy a player. We 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 sold player for ten million uh, pounds and we bought for five hundred thousand. Mm. Yeah. So 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 it's like uh, it's that's the same in uh, in Vorlingen now. You have to you try to not to to do it 
uh, together with the club. Um, then the problem is then that expectations are unbelievably high and you don't see behind the results because of what kind of money you use. And if you're going to have young players and bring them in, it takes time. Yeah, yeah. And like uh, Colin McGregor, you can see he, he scored in Legia Warsaw and the, the horrible game down in, in Warsaw. And, but that was his first European match. And, yeah. you know, they get experience during uh, these two, two years I was there. And then the third year they got, they got in. Um, and they keep on improving, uh, being good. And, and that's how it is when you, when you, you play young teams. You, you get results in the end. But it's hard in the in the start, and uh, and uh, I'm impressed uh, by the work I've been done in in Celtic after I I went at the same time and see these young players have a, a great career in front of them, a lot of them. So so I think, uh, but it's important with uh, like Lustig and and Scott uh, Brown and all this and. Uh, Craig Gordon, fantastic professional. These guys is important for the youngsters to so feel safe. So, so it's a good mix there, very good mix. You won the league twice as Celtic manager. Um, yeah. you, you won back to back leagues. Which one was the the sweeter win for you? Was it the, getting that first one? And how did that feel? Uh, yes, of course. But um, again, for me, uh, trophies is important and uh, fantastic fun. But it's the way to it is always hmm. fun for me. That's a uh, it's uh, the way we played football in 2000. In the first year, was I was proud of the team, really, really proud. Um, um, they're coming, uh, young players, good players, up, and, and I felt really, really good about that. I just was terrible that we didn't get the treble that year. That's something I irritate myself. Every, if I if I something I irritate myself of is about that game in Hampton Park in the semi final. Uh, the Rangers uh, won. Uh, not the Rangers one. I uh, the year before. Oh, the Inverness Caledonian. I uh, was in Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. That's uh, we had already that uh, handball. Yeah, 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 yeah. Up and the red card. Yes. Uh, I can't understand how seven referees couldn't see that. That was for me unbelievable. And then yeah. uh, it was a big chance then in the final against Falkirk if we, we had gone through there. So, but that's football. I think uh, the year was really, really good and. And we were very satisfied, everybody, and the board and everybody. So I, I signed a new contract uh, that after that season. So after first year, was very promising. Do you think too much was made about winning the treble at your time here? Do you think there was too much, too much media focus, too much pressure from fans and the club to, to win all three trophies? Because despite the fact that Rangers aren't in the league, it's still a very difficult thing to do. As you see, you know, one poor refereeing decision cost you a, a treble. Do you think there was too much focus on it? Ah, I don't think so. I think it was yeah. very fun. It was unbelievable good. This uh, period when you you know you had it in your your sight, you you can see that it's, it's we can do it. Um, and you know it gets so much much motivation into every exercise, and the players were so motivated in every game. So rather that than uh, what I experienced the year after, because then was in the last uh, before. Uh, the Rangers game when we lost, uh, we we played poor football and so the players was using a lot of energy and the wrong things and and they were not feeling safe on the pitch and mm. so we started to play good, very good football again. After I said that enough is enough, I'm gonna quit. 
because and that's why I did it as well because I knew that when that question was out of their mind, they will start to focus on the right things again. I see, I see. So, so, and it was fantastic also the last day when they won seven mm. zero, uh, and and we played very good football as well. So, I was very in very fantastic time. And uh, learned a lot, but of course, really, really hard as well. Coming from Norway, um, being that way kind of environment is is something you you grow on. And um, what is a what what were some of the highlights in particular matches for you as Celtic manager? One of my particular highlights was the three three game against Inter Milan. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that was maybe ah, that was maybe I think also was we were. Unlucky uh, yeah, down in very, Milan as well. Very, very. Uh, I think we played a really good game there. So that was a highlight. Uh, of course, the first match against Rangers when we beat them mm-hmm. uh, was good. The semi final in League Cup, was it? I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, Winning the League Cup yeah. against Dundee United in 2015 also. That was a. That yeah, was a that was really, really nice. There's a lot of uh, good moments, it was, especially the first year. And let's talk about the sort of Rangers semi-final. Um, not too much about the particular result because we know how that ended. But during the game, when you 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 try to press Rangers with numbers, it, it tactically that didn't work out. What what do you think sort of in the the plan for that game? What went wrong specifically? It had nothing to do with football. No, it had had with energy to do. The players was uh, tired when uh, the game was starting, so we, we couldn't press, we couldn't move, uh, and that's about uh, the three things I told you about before. I started yeah. with you know safety. They maybe didn't feel safe. They didn't feel exactly what they can do. They didn't believe enough because uh, there was a lot of uh, lot of uh, pressure on me and on the club, and if I was the right man or not. Uh, yeah. And at the same time, also it's about trust. I had. Uh, in the team as well, who was the best team. Um, I don't think we find the right uh, 11 uh, all the time. Um, and at the time, it was no fun for the players. They didn't enjoy. It's a lot of pressure on them. You come to, yeah, and then a lot of pressure coming on. So that, when I was watching the game, I, didn't, I just saw that whatever happens now, because I can see if we had won the game, it wouldn't be any difference for me. Yeah, yeah. Because when you I play understand. so shit, and there is no energy in the team. Then for me, it's like uh, then I just felt that uh, I didn't get the best out of the team and the players. And then I'm thinking, okay, then the worst thing can happen that we lose the league, you know. Then mm. and that I will never, never. Um, um, I will feel so bad if that happens. And uh, <clears throat> so that I was thinking you now. To, to get off the pressure of the players, um, you know, get uh, the focus away from me and what's uh, that I, if I'm the right or wrong guy, uh, that will help the players to see forward and, and focus on the, the football game. Um, the first game, three days after, we played no good against the Hearts, but then we meet Aberdeen and we beat them 4-0 at home uh, one week after that again. And then after that, we played really, really good and and won the league uh, comfortably uh, in the in the end and seven zero in the last game. So it's about energy, and I was not having 
agree with me uh, at yeah. the time. They, they tried. They was they were loyal, but at the same time, they, they there was a lot of uh, energy loss in other other ways. That's it should be. They said uh, again. I'm I'm referring to an interview that Charlie McGrew gave recently. He said that towards your, the end of your second season, it, they felt that you were having difficulty getting your message across. Not any specific message, but the way you wanted that that there was difficulty in that. Would you would you go along with that, or do you think maybe that there was resistance growing in the camp to what you were trying to do? No, I, I, I totally agree with Charlie. As uh, I, as again was uh, about also the the group was not uh, good enough, you know, together. Mm. As in the, the new signings uh, was not uh, bringing in the team, bringing the the quality into the team like we had last year, and also then we had too many players, mm. uh, and was. As I said, was not in a happy dressing room. Was uh, not good enough, and, and I totally agree with Charlie. Says. So then, in the end, I I felt like uh, that it was too much energy going in other ways than about the message, because the message was the same the year before. Yeah. But now it was uh, the starting eleven was not clear enough. Um, there was too many fighting and too many players who was not happy with the situation. Is that is that sort of um, did that sort of show itself through that very famous Chris Commons incident? Was that sort of was that that environment spilling out onto the onto the pitch? Yes, that was uh, of course uh, these these kind of things, you know. So it was a lot of lot, many things that you of course, but again, um, it's. Um, it's something you learn and learn of, of course. Yeah, yeah. I've um, I watched a I watched a, um, a lecture you gave. I think it was whilst you were at Strong Godset. It was it was on YouTube, but someone had very kindly put subtitles on it for me. Um, mm-hmm. You said that uh, you, you made the point that it takes time to, to build a culture in a club. Um, do you feel that at Celtic you you got the time to build the culture that you wanted, or did you feel that it was perhaps cut short? It's hard to say. At the same time, you can't build culture if you don't get results. So it's hard, you know, to keep the group because these kind of clubs like Celtic, they, they when when I come to the club, they are used to win. Every player there is there winning the league many years in a row, you know. So again, when you come in, the, if you say that we have to do this is not good enough, we have to do different this, they, of course they're thinking, come on here, we yeah. win uh, three years in a row. So why you come in and tell us that we're not doing the right things. As of course, uh, then you have to get the players with you, you have to talk with them, you know, we have to be clear in what you want. And, and I felt that was really, really good, but at the, t- at the same time, when we didn't find a balance and the pressure from outside was coming harder and harder, that was, then it went out of control that uh, the players didn't perform on the, on the, on the pitch. So, so then I felt like uh, it was was the right moment to do it, but I think a lot of the players uh, think after these two years that they have learned a lot and they have seen it from other other side as another way of doing things. And uh, it's so many the many ways to go come to go to Rome, you know. Yeah. You, you need yeah. to, <laughs> but you have to be clear in what way you want to go and. That's also, of course, uh, I had the Roy Hodgson as a coach, and I said uh, always that 
he's now 70 years over 70 years old but uh, he was almost 60 when i had him and uh, what he says said in five minutes i use maybe 30 minutes on to say yeah it's much more clear and um, i'm still only 43 years old so i'm working every day to be more clear in what i want uh, on and off the pitch so the players know exactly what's expected from them so this is that's the the difference between good and bad coaches how did you how did you find the media scrutiny in Scotland um were you expecting perhaps more scrutiny on particular tactics and the way the game was approached in media yeah in the media i think the media was uh, great and no problem with them all right so that was uh, was for me it's like one more easy than in Norway <laughs> because, really? Uh, really? in Norway in Norway they call you every day if they you know they they feel like they own you uh, right so in 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 Celtic we control the media uh, when you get them and there was press conferences and things like that so, and I think also they were very respectful when I talked with them of course I didn't read uh, everything was uh, written almost anything so I don't care about it at the same time but but I felt I know the, what the job about the media. I worked in media myself, so I know what it's about. So that's okay. But I think they were very respectful with me when we had a fun in the press conferences and had a good, good. Uh, I, I felt that I, that I get respected because I was honest all the time. Yeah. Uh, Said it as it was. I was never try to talk myself out of things, and I took uh, responsibility for things when it wasn't good enough. Um, I think also they're treating me in a good way. I don't, I don't like all these private things. That's the only thing I was reacting at. Yeah. And I, that's, I think it's, it's stupid. But uh, you can't be private outside your house. Well, that's, they, uh, that's uh, something I didn't like with the with the situation. They, they, Glasgow. They, I mean, everyone calls Glasgow a goldfish bowl. You know, when you're yeah. Cel- when you're Celtic or Rangers manager, it's a goldfish bowl. Is that the sort of feeling you had about it a bit? Yes, that was. Uh, and, and for me, freedom is an important thing. Freedom to be yourself, freedom to to make the decision you want to do. And that was very hard in in Glasgow, I think. And uh, but at the same time, also more the other things are positive. And also, what I really, really loved with with Celtic was like you felt it was a family mm. to the last day. People was, you know, very very positive on the meeting. They tried to carry uh, carry me on, you know, supporting me. And uh, you know that's so important for the players also and and the staff and the whole club. That that you know, unity was that's not normal in uh, in what I'm used to before. So that's one of the big big thing about Celtic why they are so successful because. You really feel that uh, supporters and the, the 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 people working in the club and everybody is really really united. It's like it's like a family, and uh, that I really really appreciate. You uh, you worked with Virgil Van Dijk at the club, um, who who's went on to be the world's most expensive defender, who's, who's clearly one of the best defenders on the planet. Could you see that at the time? Could you see the player that he was going to become? I, I just said it in the media in uh, Scotland uh, at that time. I said he can be the, one of the best players in the world. Uh, so I said that uh, before he left, mm-hmm. that he can be that. And uh, he had everything. He was, in my opinion, a little bit uh, unconscious about uh, 
about being 100% in training. He needed to be more effort in training. He was a little bit lazy in the beginning, I think. Uh, and also he had to lose a lot of weight. And he did that. He lost seven yeah. kilos or something uh, that year. Um, and now he's just an unbelievable player. But uh, when you have that physique, uh, technique, uh, he's, he's a winner. He's a strong mentality. He hates to lose. Uh, and now you can see also that he's, you know, the things he was a little bit, if I say lazy or he took it for too easy. Uh, yeah. It felt also that the Scotland level was too easy for him. But now he's concentr- concentrated. So now he's unbelievable good player. And I'm really, really proud and happy for him and proud to to experience a player like that. Okay, this is my this is my final question. Um, if if Peter Lowe phoned you tomorrow um, and said the jo- the job is yours, what would you what would you do differently? Ah, there would be a lot of things. I, would, I think that everybody will feel a totally different. Um, I mean, there's a lot of the same things, but at the same time now I what, know what I'm going to. Mm. So you know, I will not use uh, six months to or three four months to to know what the job is about. Yeah. So you you will get the much the much clearer manager and with a lot more experience than they had before. So I think a more calm coach more safe in himself in what he do and right or wrong so uh, I, I would feel very calm if I go into a job like that again okay um, look that's that's all my questions um, I just want to say thanks thanks very much for your time and, and thanks for your time as Celtic manager Ronnie honestly yeah thank you that thanks. was really nice no so, problem uh, nice to talk with you as well yeah thank you uh, good luck for the forthcoming season Thank you, you too. Yeah, thank you. Speak soon. Bye bye. In the end. Thank you. Bye bye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.